This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Housewives Archives, a podcast where we discuss in great depth all things real housewives. My name is Ellie Nunn, and joining me is my co-host, Pam? James? Pam. I'm going to call you Pam. It's Pam Evans! <laughs> you can call me whatever you want. <laughs> you can call me whatever you want. Whatever you want. That's your special privilege. I'm so excited <laughs> oh for this episode. God. I'm giddy. I was giddy rewatching these episodes. It really, I tell you what, because I, I mean, I, I should actually say, we didn't actually say what we were going to talk about this week at the end of last week. No, oh, um, fuck. If you don't know, then yeah, get out. Just, get you should program. have got in from that. Yeah. <laughs> But officially, we're going to... If Pam doesn't tell you everything you need (laughs) to know, then you shouldn't really be listening to this. Officially, we were just going to talk about Game Night Gone Wrong or Game Night Gone Wild, whatever they call it. Um, But doing the research, I couldn't help but go down a Dana Pam rabbit hole. And it's just a lovely reminder going back and rewatching it, how mental some of these supporting characters are. And by God, we needed Dana for this season because... She really mm. supplies some of the much-needed comedy in a very, very otherwise dark season. So give her all the awards. Yeah, the dark ages of Beverly Hills. For sure. I should say, James has prepared a Dana app. My notes are almost exclusively for game night, so I feel like I'll be like the analyst that gets brought in for game night, where you're the Dana investigative journalist. Speaking of, this week I watched The Housewife and the Hustler. Oh, yes. And James wrote to me saying how funny it is that Dana (laughs) is like she is an investigative journalist who has been brought on to speak about. Like, her vibe is so undane. I didn't realise it was her the first few times that it cut to her. She's unrecognisable. And she's so serious. And yeah, you're so right. The way she's like, there have been rumours for years in Los Angeles that they have been misappropriating funds. And, you know, and she's so, she's talking like she's from the fucking New York Times or something. Like she's like a a Pulitzer winning journalist. It's so funny. So between her and Danielle Staub is these two Bravo touchstones. It's just so funny. What a way to kick off the documentary. I've never laugh so hard. Danielle Staub, it was so funny, just, that opening. That shot of her so ankles <laughs> talking about yes. the days her and Erica used to strip at Bada Bing or wherever it was in New Jersey somewhere. <laughs> 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 oh, God. That's so good. But isn't it an interesting documentary? Fascinating. I mean, it's kind of trashy, but I think it gives us Loved some it. much needed context. Yeah. I loved it. Anyway, that's for another episode. Exactly. Don't let yourself get sidetracked, James. Yeah, sorry. But no, you're right. This is going to be kind of like a Countess and Friends style show and you are the friend coming on to just sort of help me out um, as I just do my one woman show on Dana Pam Wilkie. How great would it be if you did a one woman show on Dana? I really see that hitting. I think that's the only thing where I have enough talent... emphasis on material. the talent and material and inspiration <laughs> where I could do a one woman show. I think it would have to be on Dana Van Wilkie. And you'd, you'd have to just wear Valentino for the entire thing and stomp around in your Fendi's. Oh my God. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's also the right time as well, because I'm currently between jobs at the moment, if you couldn't tell. Hence this like obsession with Dana yeah. <laughs> I've had over the week. So I need to strike while the iron is hot. Anyway, I apologise in advance for all the Dana tangents we're going to be going on today. Well, do you want to introduce us? Because I had us talking from where Game Night's introduced, but do you want to talk about Dana's introduction? Oh to my God, show? completely. Yeah. Well, I think... Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. I thought you'd never ask. Um, <laughs> so... That was so BBC breakfast. <laughs> It's a lovely handover. Thank you, Ellie. Yeah, thank you. So we kind of meet Dana kind of early on in the show because she's Taylor's party planner for Kennedy's infamous birthday parties. But she's a brunette then. And she's kind of very much in the background. And I don't think we really have an idea of the greatness that we're going to be subjected to in the following season. No, but also I don't think Dana has any idea at that point. I don't think she's got the thirst to be on the show. So she's also, like you say, very under the radar in yeah. her behaviour compared to when she comes in season two, she has got her eye on the diamond. Uh, completely. I kind of get the impression that her and Brandy were kind of in the final rounds of auditions and they're going up 
for the same part and it's just like the two of them left and you can feel that desperation as she's like that's so true the whole season for dana is one long audition process it's so thrilling to watch so we really see her kind of go all out balls to the wall when they're filming at her house because taylor and kyle go and visit her oh it's so good and we know that we're in for a good ride because it's the middle of the day and she opens the door and she's wearing a fucking tiara and a ball gown. <laughs> um, supposedly, because she's in the middle of planning her wedding. And she had no idea that Kyle and Taylor was <laughs> going to swing by. And it's like, oh my God, how embarrassing. Well, guys, while you're here, you might as well just come on in. I mean, and then it's she has this like entourage around her because she's planning this wedding. And they're all faffing about and they're doing wedding stuff. And... I don't know, maybe you can help me with this, Ellie. I can't think of a specific reference here, but it's reminiscent of like a musical where there's like the big diva and she's got her number in the musical where she has all the male ensemble like flitting around her and they're brandishing like diamonds and champagne and roses and she's just like <laughs> swatting them away. And she's like, no, bigger, shinier, like I want more. <laughs> but, she could, but she could have it all if she wanted to because she's rich, you know? And then it's like, a, it's very like- Sort uh, of giving like kind of mini driver in that terrible like Joel Schumacher fan for the opera vibes. Exactly. Yeah, that was definitely, it was like that crossed with Marilyn and Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. It's like very much like- like a, a Frankenstein's monster combination of the two. Uh-huh. And this kind of richness and affluence is an image that she's trying really hard to project. But what we find out very, very, very quickly is that she's just a complete dork. And the rest of the scene <laughs> kind of shows this because while she's then like, oh my God, guys, while I'm finishing up, just like go and take a seat and I'll be with you in just a second. Kyle and Taylor walk past this table in the hall Oh my God. (laughs) On the table is just this pile of headshot kind of size cards of Dana's kid. And they just seem to be like... just like her child's CVs. Yeah. And it's like a party favor. Just like take one as you're leaving. It's always like in one of those hotel lobbies in like a kind of three-star hotel where you just get like loads of leaflets of New York or wherever it is you're staying. And you just take as many as you want. And of course, Kyle, like the pro she is, thinks this is amazing. So she takes one and she completely rags on Dana for it. So when Dana eventually arrives, kind of with no sense of humor, she's like, yeah, he's awesome. Like I taught him to read, even though he's 18 months and he speaks Thai. I don't even know what school I'm going to send him to because in all honesty, by the time he's five, if I've gotten this far with him, who knows? Like, I'm doing encyclopedia training Stop. with him now. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> you're killing me. You, you've worked so hard I tried hard so hard. It's not... I got it. And it's so good. Oh, thank you. I mean... Oh, my God. I don't think I realized before doing this season how gravelly half of the cast are on Beverly Hills. And she definitely <laughs> dwells in that same gravelly valley as Kim Richards and Adrian. But she has this, like, really heavy valley girl accent and a heck of a lot of vocal fry. So there's a lot going on. I said to you yesterday, I don't know if I could do the episode because my voice was shot by the end, like, a whole afternoon in the mirror being like, oh. he speaks Thai. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is what we're working with today. So Oh, but you. you can just picture Dana, like, sat on the end of her kid's bed reading him, like, Ovid or something. And the kid- <laughs> It's got no idea, and she's like, he's really into Greek tragedy. Like, well, also, you know, the kid's just sat there, like, he can't speak. He's just going gaga googa, and she's like, it's Thai. It's Thai. I don't even know yeah. how he did it. It's Thai. It's all the Thai food we eat. <laughs> but Dana's a clever girl because she's already sniffed out at this point that Kyle is one of the protagonists of the show. She's laying it on so thick with Kyle in particular. And she's trying so hard to get an invite from Kyle to go clothes shopping because Dana loves Kyle's style. So you know she's fucking lying because Kaftan Kyle is many things, but... Like, come on. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I'm so excited to talk about the clothes in this episode because I just, coming from like where we're at now with Beverly Hills and looking at what Kyle Richards is wearing at game night, it is like, she makes a target joke and I'm like, but seriously, is it all from Target? Because no, it, yeah. it's insane to think. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. No, but, but it is true. Not even just Kyle, like all of them. They all look like a mannequin from Matalan or something. Like there's just, yeah. it, compared to the heady days of today, there's just like, there's no Well, comparison. weirdly, except for Dana, who's like massively overdressed. But now, I mean, she's got real Sutton vibes. Like yeah. it feels like Dana like walked so Sutton could run. She she's now dressed how they all turn up to every freaking yeah 
thing at each other's houses, but it sticks out like a sore thumb back then. Yeah, no, Dana was absolutely a pioneer for the fashion on this show, and I don't think she gets the the recognition that she deserves. And the behaviour, like, she's mental. She's, like, completely batshit in a way that the show later really like embraces and is looking for people like her but at the time they're all acting as if Dana's behaving really like bizarrely yeah I was thinking about this and I think much in the same way much like what I was trying to say last week in a roundabout way with Taylor and the plastic surgery and having that huge boil on the side of her face I think Dana has no problem debasing herself and taking one for the team and sort of hamming up that whole new money stereotype to a grotesque degree and sort of prostrating herself as a bit of a freak show for the other women to gawp at even though that's kind of what we want and with the kind of the bragging about the $25,000 sunglasses of course we get a talking head from Kyle saying how asinine it is and I would never spend money like that But in many ways, Erica comes on the scene a few years later and she kind of like owns her wealth in much the same way. Also, Kyle has a Rolex delivered to their dinner I know, exactly, yeah. And they will think it's fucking fabulous then. So I'm sorry, I'm swearing a lot today. But also, you know... But like, you know, the producers have gone and been like, Dana, can you wear the 25,000 sunglasses and just like find a way to slip in? Can you just let everyone know? And Dana's way of slipping it is literally just to be like, did you know 25,000? <laughs> like, it's like, she's really unsettled about it. But you know, she's been told. She's it? been like, told, you yeah. Know. Because then she's I think told, that's like, and it's not just say it once, but say it to every single person who comes to every the person. party. Because <laughs> yeah. I think that's what seals it in the Housewives Hall of Fame. Because then we get Camille of all people walks in next, and Dana just I repeats know. the whole monologue word for word. And then we get that confessional from Camille, and it's very reminiscent. It's said with the exact same energy and intonation as Jacqueline Laurita's tagline, where Camille she's like. <laughs> Yes. She's like, most people that have a lot of money don't <laughs> brag about it. And it's the honest truth. They kind of keep it to themselves. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Jacqueline's tagline. Uh, yeah. That one where it's like, I, you know, I may have a lot, but I'm not one to not, talk about not it. Not one to or... brag about it. <laughs> <laughs> I want, uh, yeah, bring back those taglines that weren't really taglines, just like cut from the show somewhere. And it's like really rough sounding audio. It's so good. But I think what we get with this kind of extreme try-hardedness and the sycophancy from Dana again and again and again throughout the show is it's working on two levels. She's trying to ingratiate herself with the women, but also with the women in air quotes you know and that she is kind of auditioning to be on the show as i said and you feel that Mm. leading her and fueling her to lean in more and more into the excess of the show and then her big moment this is like the final round is her game night that she's hosting where it's like okay we're filming at your house we're having an event kim (laughs) richards is here she's going to be drunk there's going to be a big fight like come on dana you can do it like the pressure's really on you know and i and i honestly feel like she just crumbles under that pressure oh completely there's so many elements to just on a basic level the fact that she's a party planner right And they're like, and bearing in mind that we're coming from the world of Kyle Richards, like white party and all of Muhammad's Moroccan themed parties. And they've been like, Dana, the party planner, we're having a party at your house. You've shown us that you have this enormous wealth and that you're like completely out there. And Dana, it's like she has like a nervous breakdown and is like, we'll stencil some dominoes on the floor and we'll serve like four Parmesan crisps. And it's like just a curb, like... It's, I honestly, it's like, she's like Alex McCord on crack in terms of a misfire and just a total relatability. (laughs) Everything about this episode is like everything I was scared the first party I ever threw as a teenager would happen. All you're scared about is like, that people won't come or people will cancel at the last minute, that people will then come and you'll just like forget to how, to, to act like a normal human being and there won't be enough furniture or like stuff for people to talk about and everyone keeps saying to you like, it's fine, everyone will just like make conversation with themselves. No, of course everyone will have eaten beforehand. It doesn't matter that you don't have much food and once everyone gets into the games, it'll be really lovely and like not one of those things happens. Like every oh <laughs> every single hurdle is just tripped over and faced. I do think it is to this day why I do have a crippling fear. I've never hosted a party, and I honestly think if I had a therapist, and now you never will, this would be why. I think I blame it all on Dana. 
I mean, I in, in a way, I kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm not a party planner for a reason because I, she's kind of, she's like set up to fail with a really shit theme in the first place. Like there's only so much you can do with just game night is the theme, you know? James, that's not true. Okay. Come on, this is a show where people would be like, it's Monte Carlo night. Yeah, you're or right, like, you're right, yeah. It's like poker night. Instead, it's it also, Kennedy's birthday parties are better than game night. That's true, yeah. No, I take that back. I take- and I get it. She's not being paid, but there's just, it's honestly, she throws a party like she's never interacted with people before, <laughs> let alone like whether she's thrown a party before. Oh, God. But so, should we, we, so she's, let's, one thing that I will give Dana credit for is it's unclear whether, because Taylor says, is it okay if we have it at your house? Yeah. And implies like, there's some stuff going on that means she doesn't want it to happen at hers. Right. So if we're giving Dana the benefit of the doubt, she may have been told that she's throwing it last minute. Yeah. <laughs> so if we're not giving if we're not giving Dana the benefit of the doubt, when she is asked that, she already looks so nervous in front of the camera about saying that it's like happening at her house in a way that does suggest that she already knew it was happening at her house and she does like a terrible impression of someone <laughs> being told and being like, Yeah, I'm really excited that we're gonna have game night at my house. Like it's <laughs> This is why if I was on these shows, I would only want to be a friend of, because it means there's, you're, you're absolved of any responsibility to film at your house. You can just turn... Well, apparently not. Well, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I'll cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we... No, okay. don't cut it. We're going to have to cut every time I do an impression of Dana, because I've been so thrown by how good yours is that I'm just like, I'm like Dana herself. I am crumbling under the pressure Listen, of any time I Ellie, have to if do it's it. better than my Dorinda Sylvester Stallone, then you're, you're going to be fine. But the thing is, whenever whenever we do the low voice ladies, you completely trump me because you're already <laughs> in the register. I can't get near where Luan's voice is. Uh, One thing before we get to game night, which is, I promise, my last, my last tangent. Yeah. But can we just talk about... It's very odd earlier in this episode seeing Adrian and Brandy so close, yeah. obviously knowing how how like terrible that gets. But one of my favourite moments, and it's always stuck out to me in Housewives, is when Adrian and Brandy meet at what seems to be the equivalent of the dessert chain Creams in the UK, okay. which is like the, the most like bottom tier strange is it like an ice cream parlor place? that's yeah like creams is like it's it's like the ice cream parlor of kfc like the kfc of ice cream parlors okay. it's like i mean more than that can you, you get like get waffles like and pancakes and things i think i yes. know what it is yeah they seem to go to one of those places and adrian comes back and is like i ordered as a cappuccino <laughs> and a couple of milkshakes oh, yeah and <laughs> the idea that she and brandy are gonna sit having milkshakes is so ridiculous and of course they then sit and just have them in front of them and don't touch yeah. them but it's such like a weird half-hearted attempt from the show to make it look like like these women are like free spirited fun kind of we just we just have like vanilla milkshakes in the middle of the day right? i know <laughs> it doesn't like... help does it because either it's like their next meeting before or after the only thing they decide to order to eat is a like a flatbread pizza that they split between them and they're like emphatic about how they want to cut up into the smallest like bite-sized chunks I know. and then still and don't like, touch just the don't thing. show the food oh, so annoying exactly but, since... but also something just puts me on edge about getting a cappuccino and a milkshake at the same time. It's, it's no, it's not right. The hot yeah. and the cold. It's not right. Like, she should have just said, let's get coffee. We've seen some madness on this show and that is kind of, that takes the cake. Since you mentioned Adrian and Brandy, I think that's some good context that we want to have going into game night is that Adrian has brought Brandy onto the show. She's friends with her. And Brandy has burst onto the scene she's fresh off of a divorce from eddie cibrian she's got a broken foot she's come out swinging and basically everyone apart from adrian hates her and brandy has the very bad luck of coming to game night and adrian can't make it so she has no one to back her up that's got to be set up right that adrian can't make it and like i re-watching stuff at the beginning of this series i have to say i do think that the women were told to hate brandy yeah I think that they, bearing in mind that they didn't know the Taylor drama that was going to like come out, I think they thought this was the the drama of the season, mm-hmm. and they just they just hate her so quickly. And don't get me wrong, like as time went on, I can't stand Brandy, but at the beginning, she's not. I don't think she gives them enough reason to come at her with like the level of 
like Kyle in particular. Oh my god, yeah. It brings out the nastiest side. And I, ju- I just think they must, they must have been told. It's so extraordinary though, how over the years, it's exactly the same each year. They all gang up on one person and that one person is almost always on the audience's side. Like it's incredible how each year the majority of the cast managed to get it wrong and they're so caught up in their <laughs> rightness that they think that the audience is on their side, oblivious to the fact that Kyle and Kim in particular look like such mean girls in the way that they treat brandy it's just really not a like, good look we're gonna say that so many times oh, for sure, this yeah. time, but it really is it's the most mean girl behavior yeah. of i think any series of beverly hills and but i also think that the whole oh sorry no carry on i just think that the whole evening re-watching it is very orchestrated and has a similar vibe to like on the x factor when susan boyle came on and they purposefully played the kind of like yeah music so that then when she sang I Dreamed a Dream, everyone was like, oh my God, it's so incredible. This whole thing has such, again, giving Dana the benefit of the doubt. I almost think production were stealing furniture from her house so that there weren't enough chairs. <laughs> like, I, I really feel like they sabotaged the evening because the whole thing right from Dana's first entrance being her like coming down that enormous staircase oh, so in silence good. in like two high heels I love and this. it taking forever it's so set up for her I know, to be like a yeah. panto character and you can tell that they said to Dana like okay Dana this is your moment so if like you become a housewife we're probably going to use this in your intro package and you're going to be talking about what an amazing life you lead and we're going to play the Lisa Vanderpump music <laughs> underneath you know and it's all how opulent your life is so she's coming down the staircase she's having this grand entrance like she's Scarlett O'Hara or something she's really channeling that kind of whole vibe and then it cuts well, back well I mean she's clopping down <laughs> yeah, the stairs yeah <laughs> down and it's like the sound of the heels is so echoey because there's something about these LA houses they're so cavernous and sterile there's like nothing in her there's house nothing. it's so weird and then when Dana opens the door to Kyle and then we get that kind of famous moment where Dana kind of gestures to her outfit and she says Valentino and then Kyle does that oh, I I, I Kyle makes me so cross that whole target thing that is just it's one of the reasons why I don't enjoy Kyle a lot of the time and it's the same as her tagline this season it's like a really it's a really contrived effort this season to paint her out that she's like a woman of the people almost like she's scared of how Camille came across the season before so she's really overcompensating by being the other way and it's a very calculated attempt to sort of endear herself And it's just completely premeditated. And in my mind, I think it's just as contrived as Dana bragging about the $25,000 sunglasses to appear wealthy. They're both using the same tactic to achieve opposite goals. But at least Dana, in a way... I do love... Yeah. I feel like Dana knows she's being ridiculous, though. Yes. Also, Dana's just one of those people I love where she's like... She compliments everyone before she even knows what she's going to compliment them on. Yeah. She just like sees someone and she's like immediately like, oh my God, I love you. And you're just like, she has no idea what the next thing is going to be. She's just like making sure it's going to be a compliment. Yeah. She does that with like each of the women as they come in where I'm like, you did not have time to take in anything about them before you started saying that you yeah. love something. Yeah. She does that a lot. And she also does the thing where rather than saying hello, she's kind of like leads with a story already that she's decided she's going to tell, yes, you know. Like when she opens the door and she's like, okay, I know that that took me an hour. Yeah, 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 like, exactly. Again, that's such a trope of like every nervous kid at school throwing a party to immediately just be like, don't even talk to me about the top that I'm wearing because I already lost it, whatever. We were just like, oh, hello. For sure, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is why I think we all love Dana because there's a little bit of us in her that we can relate for sure. to. So then Camille comes in, and I just have to say this, because we didn't mention it in the Camille episode, and it's been bugging me ever since. Camille's hugs, <laughs> they are, they really remind me, I used to have a boss, and she used to give the same hugs as Camille, where she just like melts into you, and she's like, she's like oh. and like breathes right into your ear. She's like, Dana, thank you so much for having me. She has sort of spread hands on the back as well, and it's like, mm-mm. Mm. And it's like when she gives kisses on the on the cheek, they're like very like open mouth kisses. You know, it's very like Mwah. yes. Uh. <laughs> so she does that to Dana. I just wanted to say that. And as although just to say that because before Camille arrives, because Brandy arrives first. Oh shit! Yeah, sorry. And with her infamous 
crutches. And another thing that, I mean, I know this whole episode is just going to be me saying I can't Which believe. Which feels like a setup, doesn't it? Totally. Another thing just saying like, I can't believe Kyle, but I can't believe Kyle doesn't offer to help her with the stairs. And this is why I think they must have been told to, because I'm like, surely no decent human being, even if you hate someone, you wouldn't be like, oh, you okay? Do you need, or whatever. The fact that Dana and Kyle both just like walk off. And leave her yeah. and then sit. I, I can't get over the fact that there's no chairs in this room. That for some reason, they're all sat as if they're socially distant. That's what I it wrote. It looks yeah. weirdly familiar <laughs> now. They're sat like Ahead of two metres apart. Yeah, in this weird semicircle. It's so strange. It's so un... There's such a sense of unease or like unwelcome. It's honestly, I feel uncomfortable watching the episode. It makes me feel like I'm at that party. Yeah. I don't know if it's as well because half of them are just wearing these hot pants, but... It makes me feel so cold, this scene. You know the AC's on full yes. blast and it's freezing. Yeah, and the chairs are like leather sticky yeah. chairs, mate. Like you just know that it's like there's no warmth to any of it. Completely. And I love as well that the, the first room that they're in, it's this like wood panelled mock Tudor style room. And you know the house was built in like 2006 or something. It's like, yeah. it's just adds to the whole thing of just no character whatsoever. So you're thinking that this party's going to be shit. They're all sitting in a semicircle. They're having this really stilted conversation. And there's like no music no or music, anything. No music, yeah. Like there's no atmosphere <laughs> whatsoever. And then... Dana's a party planner. And you can tell Dana feels like she can't start hosting yet until everyone has arrived. So you can tell she's yeah, like... Yeah, so Dana, uh, Dana saying, oh, keeps I wonder saying, where Adrian is. But also how she keeps being like, I can't wait. And you're like, it's happening. Yeah, it's, it's, it's now, right now. Dana. This is your moment, like, Dana, quick. She, Why you got him, quick. But she keeps... <laughs> She keeps saying, I can't wait. Again, just like someone throwing a party where they're like, it's going to be so fun when everyone yeah. gets here. And you're like, Dana, it's now. They're here. You know, for a fact, Camille's going to get her phone out any second now. She's going to get Alison Dubois on the phone. She's like, this party's shit. Quick, come save the day. Like, be mental. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And Alison's like, I'm on my way. But thankfully, she doesn't need to do that because we get one better since Kim has rocked up. She's carrying this frappuccino and she's absolutely wasted. I, just the fact she's brought her own frappuccino. But also just the fact that she opens the door and immediately is like, bam, bam, dinner. But what? Look like a bam. <laughs> it's so weird to get her name wrong but immediately get her name right afterwards <laughs> it's like she's covered she's like it's one of these two Pam Dana well I think she's Pam. in fairness she is so thrown because she's distracted by these beautiful flowers that are in the porch just before the door opens do you remember when she's like oh pretty flowers and it's like cuts to like the saddest little like wilting flowers just in the corner somewhere so Kim is when she comes in she's kind of continuing this theme of dying at the hands of her own clothing that we explored last week because she has this fluorescent <laughs> and pink top on which to be fair looks really confusing i don't know how it is meant to be because it's like she's got several straps oh that the are, strings this, yeah they're stringy things they're immediately and, having to fix the back of it and, and like tack it. <laughs> and like she's trying to walk off she's like going around trying to hug kyle and camille and everything but like dana's still holding on to the straps and they're all wrapped around her neck so kim's like throttling herself <laughs> on these straps and then eventually Dana just gives up and like shoves them down her knickers for some reason and then Kyle no wait Kim has to <laughs> and then Kim has to run to the bathroom it's very contagious it's, to be fair I know Kim I, is just such a hot mess and I'm just I got distracted just thinking imagine if any friend turned up to a party and you were like immediately were having to just like pull their clothes back on I know. and like but and everyone's acting as if it's normal I'm completely and it's all on camera yeah. it's like you're being filmed as well so like this is her pretending she's okay and also you know that she's not going to be able to like soak up any of whatever she's on with food because there's only like some nothing there parmesan crisp one of my favorite things about the food is the fact that there's only like four of each thing on a plate <laughs> there's like no expense spared that it's not even like she's bothered to get tables of profiteroles there's literally like four millionaires shortbreads yeah. stacked again it looks like a teenager was like i'll put it together and i'll just put a small pack of maltesers in one bowl and like we can all share one packet of quavers right. and put that and like one multi-pack of crackers. By the end of the night, Taylor and Camille are like rolling around on the floor wrestling over the last meringue because there's like nothing else left. More <laughs> <laughs> well, meringues as well. Oh like God. when you're starving, the idea, it's just air. It's so, it makes it's me so cross air. because I, I, in, I don't really have much of a sweet tooth. So it just makes me really cross in particular. It's just all the desserts. And to be fair, they were told ahead of time that it would just be little snacky bits. But Again though, they must have been told 
they to must have been anything. told not to eat. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's be like the first time there. we've ever seen them all ravenous. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so Dana's hosting Thanksgiving dinner, okay, guys? So like, don't eat for two days. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, Kim's arrived. She's, she's arrived. She decided that she needs to go to the bathroom. And Kyle probably sensibly decides to escort her there. And we get the first of several... Oh, the mirror! ...scenes in the bathroom. Yeah, and Kim's just obsessing over this bathroom mirror. And it supposedly being dirty. And Kyle, I still... To the, that's a bit of a mystery for me. Because we never get a proper shot of the mirror. So I don't know what she means. Yeah, we never know if it's the decor. Exactly. Because at first, Kyle's like, no, that's how it's meant to be. And you get that bit where Kim's like, reclaiming your house house but then yeah uh, when kyle says it's the, the look and then kim's like it's not the look i was expecting it to be like a very weathered old like french antique mirror yeah, but, but it's, it's not. not so i don't know what kyle's on about saying that it's the look like how is it it's clearly is just a bit dirty or smudged or something i don't know what kyle kyle's the one who's drunk maybe kyle's trying to protect dana's dignity or something. <laughs> i don't know um but while this is going on also well hang on have you got while this is going on about hawaii yeah 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 <laughs> yes <laughs> It's one of my favorite bits of this whole episode where oh. Dana is like a dog with a bone oh about God. trying to get invited to Hawaii. I've never seen someone attempt to get something out of someone three times in a row so obtusely. Hawaii like, is my favorite painful. place in the universe. I will go and visit you. Like, don't even care. <laughs> but I'm a good house guest because I'm kind of mellow. We should go heal that. We got some healing to do, right? <laughs> And if you get to a place where you got no family there and you want some friends, just please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing is when she says I'm a good house guest because I'm kind of mellow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, oh, it's like you're really not. It's like Dee saying we're all alphas. It's like you're not mellow. You're you're not yeah. mellow, <laughs> Dana. And it's but all also, delivered to Camille. Just like just like Dee just like Dee saying we're all alphas. It's also such a like because we're all together. Like you know, let's all just go. Let's all do a trip. Let's all do some healing. And you're like, what are you talking I know. about? <laughs> you're not a group. That's the genius of it. Is that it's all delivered to Camille of all people, who at the best of times just sits there blinking. So <laughs> Camille's just like, ah. And poor Taylor's got you. Know, we've all had that thing where someone's your friend and they're kind of embarrassing and you're suddenly like you can see Taylor's embarrassment yeah. that Dana's being so uncool like, yeah, it's like <laughs> chill out Dana agony. but while this is going so then Kyle's desperately trying to do Kim's makeup as if that's gonna save the day and she's trying to make her look presentable and Kim's just I love it when Kyle's like never bring liquid liner out with you and I'm like words (laughs) words of wisdom wisdom. it's true who brings liquid liner unless you can sit like at your mirror with the steadiest hand you don't bring liquid liner in your bag what kind of what kind of maverick are you that's the kind of that's the way Kim rolls you know she lives life in the like Kim has a steady enough hand to do fucking liquid liner especially when she's babbling about having these panic panic attacks that she doesn't eat for like a week (laughs) She's like, 17. I've been in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. I She's like, never... I haven't eaten. I haven't slept. <laughs> She's just been living off of frappuccinos. She's like, I can't sleep. I'm like dizzy because I can't sleep. And it looks like Kyle's like holding her head up. Like while she's like doing her face, Kim's just like half asleep. She's like, oh, and just like fully leaning into Kyle's <laughs> hands right now. It's just the most extraordinary thing I've ever seen. But also when they put all of her stuff in the corner, they effectively like move in to the downstairs bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Like she basically like unpacks it. She seems to have come with like enough luggage for a week. And then they kind of put it in the corner where it's like, because they know they'll be back. Yeah, Kim and Ken are going to be squatting in that downstairs toilet in a, in a week's time. <laughs> mark my words. Rewatching the scene, it's amazing how many of these moments, these big explosive moments in this season, Lisa just isn't there. She's completely absent because she's wrapped up in one of the most boring storylines I think we've ever seen, which is her planning fucking Pandora's wedding. (laughs) She's really gotten off scot-free from Malibu Beach Party and game. Oh, that's about it. (laughs) Just those two. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're two big ones. They are. But yes, it's interesting how, what do you think it is that bonds Kim and Kyle so much in these two episodes? Because it's the closest in many ways that we ever see them Mm -hmm. in the show. And it's one of the few times they're not at loggerheads with each other. And it's amazing. I really do find Kim insufferable. I find Kyle insufferable as well, but I do find 
Kim's thing of when Kim at the end says to Camille, now you know what we had to go through last year. And they laugh and Kyle, I think kind of understandably, just is a bit like, no, no, that was completely different. And Kim gets so angry so quickly of that thing of being like, why do you do that? Like, it's a joke. She knows it's a joke. Mm -hmm. And that's so like their whole relationship. What do you think it is about this situation? Do you think it's because Kyle's looking after Kim? Or is it because... Kyle, it, it's interesting that this is the one time that we see them very like united and bonded and that it requires them being so awful to be like that. Yeah, I, I feel like it's maybe a couple of things that are going on here where maybe Kyle's looking after Kim and she's trying to save Kim from any embarrassment. So maybe they both see it as a bit of a redo from the end of season one where Carl essentially outs Kim in the limo as an alcoholic. Mm. And then I just think on top of that, there's just a bit of good old fashioned, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, where whatever it takes yeah, to distract from their, from whatever it takes to distract from their own issues, they're happy to just kind of explore. And I think because you have Kyle yeah. having this very traditional housewives tiff with the new girl and then Kim just, Kim just, quite frankly, being just not a very pleasant person and just not taking it. She's awful. Liking. But do you yeah. think also if she hasn't slept for a week, maybe it's like that scene and we need to talk about Kevin where like the one time <laughs> that the mum's okay with the psychopath child is when he's ill. And she's like, yes, I can look after yeah. you. But like Kim's just so worn down. She's so tired yeah. and like dehydrated that she's like, sure, Kyle can do my makeup. Definitely, yeah. No, there, there's definitely a lot of them. God, they are to... so awful so in awful. these episodes. Kim's acting like a can complete ass. Like, as we move into the game area, I love when Dana's like, see, there's a whole other area. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> like, yeah, because the last one was thrilling. <laughs> this is the big reveal. Like, they're going to <laughs> Narnia now or something. Exactly. And again, it's one of those ones where you're just like, all these houses, like the decor is just so awful. These like strange 70s patterned sofas. It's just hideous. And again, just so like cold, the lighting. is There's yeah. just no warmth. Like, why do none of them have like lamps? Why do none of them, everything is just like such big... I mean, again, in fairness, without I sound like such a Dana apologist, but I guess they have to have fairly bright lighting just for the purposes of filming. But yes, it is, you know, at least have like a white (laughs) noise machine, like the sound of waves or something in the background, just a bit of something for a bit of ambience. Anything. Even Brandy got a belly dance in. Exactly, for them to have that bit of music, they always play the... (laughs) (laughs) Carl didn't even get to do the splits. I know, that's probably why the whole evening went to shit. So we have what seems to just be like the hat game. And I love that game, by the way. Right from when they're. What I love about that game is that everyone I know introduces that game to me as something where they're like, it's this game me and my family play. And like, it's called like Guess a Hoop or something. And then they describe the game and you're like, that's the hat game. And everyone thinks that it's unique to their family. And everyone's like, no, but when we play it, there's three rounds. And you're like, yep, that's the hat game. And it's like, no, no, but when we play it, and you're like, it's the hat game. Like everyone, it's the same game. Anyone out there? <laughs> it's celebrity fruit salad in our house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why a fruit salad. It could just be celebrity salad, but yeah, there we go. <laughs> there you go. But I feel like I'm always being introduced to that game. Right. Like, I know it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like the actors like zip zap boying. We all know it and no one wants to hear what like your rules are that like you play in your particular family. It is one of those games though where if you're doing it in pairs and you're with your other half, it is a true test of a relationship because the real key to doing well is to kind of use a lot of in-jokes, isn't it? And that's kind of what Kim and Kyle are doing. But unfortunately, they have another person in their team and that is Brandy. And she feels completely oh, so isolated. That bit when they announce the teams and Dana's like, Kim, Kyle and Brandy. And Kim's like, Kim, Kyle and Taylor? <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It's just the worst kind of... Like, she's just every she's girl at school that so I couldn't horrible, stand. horrible, horrible woman. And it just increasingly... Kim's getting meaner and meaner. I want her on my team. She, <laughs> she, she's just getting more and more chaotic and it is like the twilight zone because kim's acting like she's one shot away from like rolling around on the floor in her own sick and they're all acting like nothing's amiss but also more than just that nothing's amiss what's so weird is kim's like lying there on the sofa being like i don't like new people like she's a new person and what's weird is that like camille and taylor and data and everyone 
are acting like Kim's the fucking messiah, are like laughing. Yeah. Like they're all just so grateful to be on Kim's good side. But I'm like, well, since when did Kim get this status within the group that they're all sucking up to her so much? Where I'm like, Kim surely is like the least powerful person on this show. Yeah. Like, she's never there. She's, when she is there, she's mad. Like everyone knows she's mad. No one has connected with her, mm-hmm. particularly in the last season. And yet, for some reason, she has them all behind her on this terrible behaviour. Surely anyone neutral would think Kim would come out the villain there, Mm -hmm. even just in terms of, I don't want a new person on my team, I don't like new people. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, the whole night has this whole, like, Kim vibe, and it's like, why? I wonder if... I. I think it does just go to show, doesn't it? That if Adrian or even maybe if Lisa was there, it would just completely throw the dynamic potentially in Brandy's favour. Because the only other people who are there, Kim and Kyle are biased. And then Dana is sucking up so hard to Kyle that she's kind of ingratiating herself through Kim. And then Taylor, I think she's so downtrodden with everything that's going on in her own life. She's just trying to avoid any kind of conflict. And then Camille is really happy not to be on their bad side. I think Camille behaves so bad badly yeah, in this episode it, it's so what Preston was saying about Dee Dee of the girl who stands behind the bully because she's just desperate completely. for it to not be her I think it's terrible yeah it really is so right from when they start playing the game like you say Kim and Kyle speaking entirely and like not just in jokes but like really annoying self uh like in jokes where they're patting themselves on the back as well because it's all like it's very old fam- like they're all really name droppy oh yeah it's so annoying. Yeah. They also, Kyle's post, Miss Piggy, is the moment when she literally is just like, and then it's like, that's it. That's the impression or whatever, where I'm just like, you're shit at this game. What? Like, it's so it's <laughs> Maybe so they were doing the round where you could only have one word or something, but she she should have been like, Kirby. Don't give me that, James. <laughs> that was my Miss Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> Kirby. <laughs> Famous, famously, your Muppets impressions are not as good as yours. Waka waka. Waka waka. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, they're, they're annoying in jokes as well because it's, ugh, I just, I find it really hard to talk about th- this episode because I just find them so awful that they just made my skin crawl. Yeah. And so did Dana as well. So, oh my so God. Like... She's so annoying. Because then Brandy tries to make a point that there's like one set of rules for Kim and then another set of rules for Brandy. Because Brandy then calls Dana Pam, knowing that Dana's called Dana. And Dana like threatens to knock Brandy out. And then in the same breath, she goes to Kim. She's like, that's her special privilege. She's my girl. I've got her back. She has a beautiful soul. And she's just like laying on so thick. And like that for me is the worst sign of Dana being a shit party planner and a hostess. That she's like completely and obviously favoring one guest over another. It's horrendous. She does this disgusting thing where she keeps deferring to Kyle as well, like she's the arbiter. She's like, Kyle, she's being mean. Kyle, she's, mean, she's getting my I name don't like wrong. It. Never stop. Oh, it's, just- it's awful. And also the bit when she goes, when when Brandy goes, bring it, bitch. And then she goes, did you really say my friend Kyle is a bitch? <laughs> My friend, Kyle My friend, Richards. Kyle. <laughs> My good old dear friend. <laughs> also, we've we've brushed past one of the highlights of the oh, entire episode. Oh, I think I know episode, what you're going to say. It has to be yeah. when Brandy <laughs> gives the clue a famous black man <laughs> when she's talking about Winston Churchill. Thing is. See, now that is funny. That is funny. And like you, th- you, you, <laughs> you think you're on Brandy's side and then she goes and does something like that. But what confuses me is that so you, you don't just think, oh, she's an idiot. She doesn't know who Winston Churchill is. She's thinking of like Malcolm X or something. But then she says he has a cigar and starts yeah. then saying, so you do know who he, I don't know. God knows what she's thinking. Oh, it's so good. So we get that weird moment where Kim hides Brandy's crutches. Yes. I mean, just cementing if there was any doubt of the kind of like mean girl behavior. And if there was any doubt as well, like they don't even allow themselves an opportunity for when they look back on this to be able to plead that they were innocent in this. Like they, they it, it is insane when they later try and be like, what do you mean we started it? It's like you literally hid her crutches. So you now yeah. have no, ironically, no leg to stand right, on exactly. to paint it like it was the other way around. It really is extraordinary how, how they try and spin it mm-hmm. as, so when Kyle stands up and is like, IQ test, you first. And it's so pointed and it's said with so 
little humour. And I actually think Brandy's Bring It Bitch is said with humour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they are look they are looking for Brandy to say something for them to pick up. Like they've been waiting for Brandy to say something all there's evening real, for them to yeah, pick up. There's real kind of physical intimidation going on. First of all, there's two of them. They've immobilized Brandy. There's like a level game playing here where Kyle and Kim are like on their feet and they're not just on their feet. They're like pacing back and forth, eyeing Brandy up and down as if they are, they're like a couple of cheaters and Brandy's her prey. And then Brandy just has to sort of like sit there and take it and look up to them. In Brandy's this very like a leggy antelope. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like an injured fawn. And it is like, it's so, but- it is very pointed. What? Kyle says. And Kyle knows exactly what she's doing. I mean, Brandy then says, oh, I know what you're saying. Dumb blonde, go first. And they're picking up on the wrong part of what Brandy's saying, where Kyle's like, they're all blondes apart from me. Okay? Stupid. Prove my point. Right, haven't you? And it's like, well, no, it's like... Yes. She's not literally saying dumb blonde. You know, it's just a phrase. It is also just so funny that it cuts to Kim in her talking head where she's like, don't say that. You know, my sister's not a, uh, you know, the B word. As if it's like this huge thing <laughs> cut to literally 30 seconds later, Kim Richards being like, you are a goddamn yes. bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> slut pig. But they're all making this thing like, whoa, Brandy said like, bring it on, bitch. Yeah. But literally a second later, Kim's like, you're running around town like a little hoe in your shorts. And it's exactly. Like, they're, it's such a double standard. They like gaslight her into thinking she's a slut. As soon as Brandy jokingly calls herself a slut, then they're like, oh God, that's so weird. Like, why would you say that about yourself? It's Have so some confidence. Weird. And they like do everything in their power to make her as unconfident as possible. It's so weird, the slut thing. Very odd. Also, it just feels very dated. Yeah. Now I think the show would is anyone single at the moment on the show the show would be so like yes sleep with as many people as possible like let's get you data whatever but at the time this whole thing of i don't think you're a sud i do now or like why do you keep saying that like why do you 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 think that or whatever when brandy's just like yeah i am a slut Mm -hmm. and they're all like cool well good to know it shows it's like this is such a weird dated yeah thing of like what because you wear like short shorts again like look at what they're all wearing now on the show yeah look at dana like you've kim you love dana you think she's your best friend and she's wearing shorter shorts than brandy is also kim turns up saying that she was gonna wear shorts it's yeah it's Um, one big messy ball of contradictions they also they get onto this mum shaming thing and again i think it's just the ugliest side of kyle that she's been waiting to pounce on this thing. The kids don't even come up. I they, Kyle just wedges in this comment, which obviously then gets Brandy like hysterical mm-hmm. to not only go after her parenting, but even mention her kids really on the show. And it is such, it's such an ugly thing to do. It's like totally irrelevant in that moment. Yeah. And then Kyle, she's like being very sneak. Oh, she knows exactly what she's doing because then she defers to Camille and she's like, Camille, you have a son. Wouldn't you say to your son? And she like Camille, because she doesn't want to be called America's most hated housewife all over again, agrees with Kyle because she has no Which spine. Which is awful. Yeah. Yeah. Really horrible. And it's, Brandy's yeah, it's crying terrible. and she's like, you know what? You're right. You're the fucking queen of England and I'm a piece of shit and I'm a terrible mother and this, that and the other. Like, yeah. what more do you want from me right now? I actually think it's the most genuine that Brandy comes across in her whole time on the show. Yeah. Oh, completely. I feel really bad for Taylor as well. I think this is one of those scenes where with context, it's very troubling. Taylor in particular is getting really upset with what's going on. As soon as it gets very heated and there's lots of finger pointing and physical contact, Taylor's like, we are not doing this. I will not have any physical violence in my house. Like, this is not happening. No way. You know, she's really, really projecting her own sort of demons that are going on. And we get, am I jumping ahead now when Dana tries really hard to get a line into the trailer for the season. You can just tell she's doing it when she's like, listen, we're from Beverly Hills. Yes. We live our life. We do our thing, you know? (laughs) That's like her tagline that she's trying out in that moment. Shut up, Tata, Miss Beverly Hills. But yeah, we get that great line of, of Kim being like, you're a slut pig. What else happens? I mean, it pretty much unravels from there in terms of like, The final kind of nail in the coffin, I think, when Brandy tries to leave, when she finally gets her crutches and Dana like awkwardly does that thing of being like, I think you just got them a bit worked up, but like, don't be sad. She kind of tries to cover her tracks and be like, oh, I don't want anyone to be sad at my party. But yeah, you go home. 
And when they're coming into the corridor and Brandy, because of her crutches, needs someone to open the door for her. And she's just like standing there and Kim's being like, Pam! And she's like, Kim! (laughs) And they're just like having this moment. And I'm like, you fucking idiot. Can't you see that Kim's only doing that because she wants to feel like, look, look how loved I am in this arena and you're not. Like she doesn't, like you and kid data's there being like let's do a cleanse she's so like, annoying she doesn't want to do a cleanse she doesn't you. and she's like admonishing kim for hiding the crutches but like with a big smirk on her face like kim's just this little firecracker like she's like kim listen kim i like you i you want to do like a healthy safe thing like all of us <laughs> just a, a, sell, a, a, a vacay let's just do it i want it i'd love it then we get <laughs> then we get my favorite my favorite Dana moment in any <sighs> when she sat opposite Carl and she's like, just so you know, I love Kim just the way she is. <laughs> so let's do it. Let's go. Let's just go. Let's go on her journey. Let's just go. <laughs> we're together forever. We're together forever. That's what we're about. <laughs> Always happen. <been>. Everybody. <laughs> Who? <laughs> <laughs> Who? You. Everybody. <laughs> So it's so brilliant. Oh. That should be Dana's tagline. Oh, that entire thing. Yeah. And it should go on that long. She really reminds me of another boss I had where he kind of had like a nervous tick where he'd just be like, all right, okay, sounds good. All right, so we're rocking and rolling. Okay, we're doing the thing. We're doing it. Let's go. Okay, sounds good. You know, and it's like, stop. God, just sit in the silence for just a second, Dana. Exactly. I would love to have been like Dana clearing up that party. Do you think she was like, that was a success? I know. I bet she had, she was like, <laughs> mm, looking out on the floor with like those disgusting, like multicolored prints on the floor. Like it's a fucking kindergarten. And and she's like, this, this was a good night. This was a great <laughs> Sealed party. The deal there, yeah. Just looking at the, like the untouched <laughs> yeah. desserts everywhere with like chess pieces on them. A resounding uh, success. Just looking at herself in a dirty mirror going, Dana, you're going places. Yeah. We're going to make it after all. Oh, uh, I really want Camille to set up Dana and Alison Dubois. I think that they would really complement each other. I think they give each other what they need and they can just ride off into the sunset together going on safe AKs and having fun in a controlled setting. Why do you think Dana didn't get made a housewife? Part of me does genuinely think that there was like one spot that they wanted to focus on in a supporting character, Brandy or Dana. And Brandy was just kind of more of a complete package. I think Dana is one of those cautionary tales in reality TV where people study it too religiously and give the producer what they think they want. Sure. Rather than just being like the best authentic version of themselves. Dana just came off as just wholly two-dimensional. Yeah. I, I would have loved it if they kept her around. And I think you get kind of like friends of housewives and they fit two categories, either ones who are kind of like too boring to be the main focus or the ones like Danielle Staub in her later years, or you get like Marlo on Atlanta, those ones that are just ridiculous cartoon characters that just like, they come on when you need them. They're always guaranteed to kind of like bring a spark and then they go off again and you don't have to like deal with the intricacies of their day-to-day life. And I wish that they had like yeah. pursued Dana a bit more and kept her in that capacity. Do you want to talk about Dana's return? Oh my God, I'd love that more than anything. <laughs> it, it was so funny. It's the, I don't know. I mean, I know it's only the very next season and it's like this blink and you'd miss it cameo in which Taylor catches up with her, but you'd be forgiven for thinking that like 20 years had gone by because yeah. <laughs> she's transformed from this like peppy, eager to please cheerleader type to this like wizened old broad who's like seen it all and it's she reminds me in sex in the city there's an episode where carrie ends up at a bar at like a singles um sitting up at the bar at a restaurant and she's sat next to this old woman who's like putting lithium on her ice cream (laughs) who's basically like love is dead and it's just like i feel like that's what dana's become She's like become a cautionary tale. No, she really reminds me of those like mad old women in New York who have like lived in the same apartment in Greenwich Village since like 1972. And any chance they get, they'll like corner you and just yammer on about how much the city's changed for the worse. And in her day, it was all like sex, drugs and rock and roll. And it's like, yeah, I can tell. 
And exactly. And she's just like smoking inside and someone's like, you can't smoke in here. And she's like, fucking sue me. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> and she, yeah, yeah, exactly. like Dana's voice is like extra low and gravelly. She's on 40 a day. And so first of all, she's like, down she's here. like, she's Taylor, like, yeah, she's looking got good, rides. feeling good. Let me tell you, like, bring it in here. How you been, sweetheart? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it's so oh, it's so funny, and I love that they kind of make it to be like a bit of a reveal. Like we don't know that we're going to see Dana because we get a talking head from Taylor saying, "I'm just going to check in with an old friend. She's just gone through a breakup recently, and I'm just going to see how she is." And we get like the back of her head. We get Dana's feet. They're like up on the couch. Yeah, yeah. She's got like a stain on her, and then it's just like this big reveal, and it's like, "Fuck, it's Dana!" Like I did not know this was happening, and. She's like smoking a cigarette. We find out she's been through this breakup. So all her like wedding planning and dreams of marrying this guy in a French sateau have all been for naught. And it's like, poor Taylor. She, her kids' tie lessons have just like gone to shit. They can really barely can. speak it now. <laughs> they're talking about dating and Dana still hasn't lost that desperation of like laying it on so thick. Because now she's trying to present this whole kind of, I'm out there and I'm dating and I'm living my best life. And she's trying to bond with Taylor over that. And... She's saying to Taylor, so are you dating? Are you playing the field right now? And Taylor's like, no, you know, because like, she's a widow. and like She's grieving. Like, <laughs> My husband you, just they're killed They're quite himself. different circumstances. And Dana's like, what? You're not dating? Girl, get out there. It's a lot of fun. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> just all you need is for her mom to be like, <laughs> yes. into her cigarette. It's like it's so chaotic. She's got this stain on her dress. She's got this. She's basically talking with a fag hanging out of her mouth the whole time. She like lights a cigarette in the candle that's like sitting on the table. That's so iconic. The bit where she's like lighting it in the candle. Exactly. And where also she's now trying to present a kind of brandy style. I just say it how it is. So she starts kind of doing terrible impressions of like Lisa asking Ken for a blowjob or being like, oh, Ken, can I stick it in there? Or something. And Taylor's just like not really laughing. No, it's also like, Dana, I don't think you even exchanged two words with Lisa. Like, what are you... She's literally just talking like we are now, just a couple of fans. And she's still, even now, like she's no longer on the show. Like she's only doing this one scene. And she's so desperate. She keeps referring to this group as if she's a part of this group and Brandy isn't. You know, she's like, the only reason Brandy knows any of us, because believe me, she's not on par with our group, is Adrian. It's like, you're not in the group. Stop talking like that. <laughs> uh, I drink a lot and I smoke a lot and I fuck a lot and I'm okay with it. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> That's actually on my Hinge profile. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I heard it somewhere. Oh, <laughs> uh, can't you imagine Dana's, Dana's dating profile? Uh, yeah, what kind of photos would it be? Well, the sunglasses for the one. The sunglasses, the 25,000 sunglasses. Because you want a range, don't you? You want to show her... It'd just be like her completely pissed in one of those like blurry, like a blurry club night photo. Yeah, her dressed up in her cowboy attire for Kennedy's birthday party to show she's rugged. Like her with Ace Young. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to Did show you know? she's connected. <laughs> <laughs> My good close friend, Aww. Carl Richards and Ace Young. <laughs> oh, Dana, it's good to see she's doing okay she's found a new lease of life bringing us the important news that we need to hear on on the housewives front she's out there on the front line doing her best work and and i'm happy for her and what do you think we learned from game night oh god ellie never invite kim richards to a party (laughs) Yeah, never invite kim richards to a party put on a good spread yeah have more th- I still can't get over this chair situation because not only were there no have more chairs they were all like one was sitting like Taylor was on the fucking bar stool like one was in an armchair yeah. like Dana's like <laughs> squatting on a little stool on like her kid's potty or something <laughs> so maybe invest in some more furniture and get a belly dancer it's not a party unless Kyle does her splits I think that's a big one and I think they I think they do learn that all going forward do you think maybe Kim just had the shits or something and this whole time that we've been reading into maybe that's why she hadn't eaten all week and maybe that's why she needed all of these moments alone in the bathroom. Maybe <laughs> this whole time we've just been really, really unsympathetic to like Kim having Kim's a IBS. Of food yeah. poisoning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's why like when Brandy started going after her, they're all like, shut the fuck up because you have no, no idea. idea what she's going through. Kim's like, the cramps are happening the whole way through. That's why she doesn't want to be partnered with Brandy. She's like, I'm already having a terrible night. 
She's just like popping some emodium in the bathroom. I think that's why Kim hates Lisa Rinna as well, because Lisa ultimately got the Depends deal that Kim was also up for. And she's like, Lisa doesn't even need yeah, yeah. Kim. I'm an actual exactly. customer. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. So many unanswered questions still, I think, about that game night. I still don't know what the hell was going on with Kim. I guess with Kim, it's a bit like Sonia. We have come to just accept that there's always going to be something where it's like... I accidentally took pills that were meant for yeah. my contact lenses and then it turns out when you drink some with alcohol. Like, there's always going to be some excuse where it, where it's like, oh, so it wasn't your fault, but that's right. why you were yeah, behaving yeah. in that way. Yeah. Like, it's always going to be a mix of medication or, you know, like you say, she's been walking the desert for the last mm. two weeks and she was delirious. <laughs> I don't know. I think... Like, we'll- it's never going to be as simple as... As her drinking. I, well, I think we're going to have lots of time to dissect it a bit further because I feel like the time is right for a proper Kim episode now. I feel Let's like- Let's do it. We were getting into that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's just going that way. So I'm looking forward to discussing Kim and you can't discuss Kim without Kyle. So maybe it's kind of like a Kim and Kyle special, a little two for one. You also can't discuss Kim without Ken. So oh, I'm excited. God. Our voices are going to be completely screwed. I feel like Dana was a good warm up for you. For like oh the God. deep depths of like Kim Richards. Yeah, yeah, we still have a ways to go when it comes to Kim. But yeah, if in doubt, I'd just be like. <laughs> <laughs> you are a slut pig. <laughs> oh, oh, I love you. Haven't sent me the outro, so shall I make it up? Yeah, go on. Um, okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Can't wait to see how this goes. Um, okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, guys. This week it was brilliant. It's, it's been a pleasure. Professionalism. Yeah. It's been such a pleasure having you guys here listening to the Game Night episode. If you want to follow us on Instagram or um, what else do you say to do? Leave a comment, leave a review. Um, if you're in a safe space, a let's go on a journey together. Let's, let's go on it. it. Let's, let's just do go. it. Let's together, all of us. Yeah, together, everybody. forever. Always have been. Always will. All of us. Who? Who? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>